Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Players Experience Podcast. On today's episode, we are welcoming in 2014 bronze medalist in Paralympic sledge hockey, Kevin Rampell. Kevin's going to talk about his journey through sport, his accident in dirt biking that led him to be a paraplegic, and how his resilience really got him over the challenge of not wanting to give up and his words of motivation as a resilience coach and how to really motivate others to keep pushing through any adversity and any challenge that comes up to really live a meaningful life and how to kind of further succeed and how to write each chapter of a true hero's life. Before we bring Kevin on the show, we just want to give a quick shout out to our production team, Jay Salty Photography and Vicmar Productions for the work that they do each and every week on the show with the episodes and the videos, as well shout out to 19 Marketing for the merch that is now available for the show with some t-shirts and hats. As well, guys, we have discount codes with Hush Blankets, The Jaywalk, and Great North Apparel. So use the discount code Players Experience to uh, get some discounts with those great organizations as well, guys. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel so that you don't miss any new episode. Hit that follow button, hit that little bell so you know when a new episode launches and you won't be disappointed with content that comes out each and every week. And we look forward to hearing what your thoughts are on each episode. Now, without further ado, let's get Kevin on and start talking about his journey in sport and how uh, he became a resilient athlete. It is my pleasure, guys, today to introduce our guest. He is a 2014 Paralympic bronze medalist in sledge hockey, author of the book Still Standing, When You Have Every Reason to Give Up, Keep Going, and the creator of the mindset coaching program titled The Resilience Toolbox. After being paralyzed in 2006, Kevin Rampell, he has surrounded uh, incredible odds to be with us here today, smiling and sharing his incredible story that has captivated audience worldwide. His story of perseverance is one that we can all relate to, not only because of his achievements as an Olympic athlete, but because of his attitude and mental resilience that he has developed while trying to succeed. Regardless of your circumstances, he is here to remind you that the greater the challenges you are facing, the greater the story will be. You too be, can become a hero in your own movie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad to have Kevin Rampell on the show to chat today. Kevin, how are you? Ryan, I'm doing good, my friend. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm super excited for this. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. How have things been with this like crazy pandemic that we're in? We're almost through it, but how have things been uh, kind of doing these virtually and, and uh, making do? Yeah, I'd say I got into a groove for sure. Um, Pre-pandemic, I was already someone who enjoyed enjoyed video, uh, being active on social media, and so it wasn't a, a difficult transition going to virtual as far as like speaking goes. Um, I definitely had difficult times over the last year living alone. I uh, had a roommate. Now I'm on my own, um, but overall, the experience over the last twelve months has turned out well. Um, and I hope that uh, in our chat today, I can share some of those uh, strategies that I've lived myself to uh, maintain not just mental resilience, but also well-being. Well, for sure. 
No, we're definitely going to get into that. We're, I want to talk about your hockey career, how the Olympics were for you and, and everything. So um, before we get into that, I usually like to start off every show I start, I do with a segment called Rapid Fire. So I'm going to shoot off four rapid fire questions and then it's just the first thing that comes to mind. So favorite time of day? Morning for sure. All right. Strangest thing in your fridge right now? kimchi or sauerkraut <laughs> okay i know that's the one that like stumps a lot of people because you normally don't think of it right yeah, um, yeah. tv show that you're currently watching uh i'm not a big tv watch goer but uh the series on netflix called superstore has been my recent hook i guess okay hey it's i binge watched that because I, like, I was bored for a couple of weeks and i got through that and i'm just waiting for the new season to come out which is like the last season too so we'll see how that goes Nice. Um, and what would be another sport you would want to compete in outside of hockey? Oh, that's a good one. Um, pro like wheelchair basketball comes to mind just cause I have played before and I really have fun doing it. Um, and sometimes I've thought about Paralympic skiing just because I have a skier to train and I just like doing it. So yeah, basketball or skiing maybe. That would be uh, two great sports. I'm a basketball player myself in the Special Olympics, and I love it. So it's, uh, it's a great sport to pick up. Um, nice. So where did the passion for hockey really start for you? Well, I, play, <laughs> I played hockey as a kid, but I definitely wasn't any good. <laughs> um, so uh, we're, I, depending on how we jump around in the story, like um, I got into the Paralympics – uh, after sustaining a spinal cord injury in a motocross accident. And uh, I mean, even in the para-sport, I should say, when I got injured, I had no idea that para-sport even was a thing. Um, the only Paralympic version of sport that I knew of was wheelchair racing, um, but I didn't, I, I didn't have no desire to race. So it was actually two years until I discovered anything outside of racing. I was at wheelchair basketball and some other kid also named Kevin in a wheelchair rolled up. And he's like, hey, would you, you should try sledge hockey sometime. And, and I thought, no, what's that? Or sorry, I said not no. I'm like, oh, really, what's that? And um, he looked at me, and this is a guy who also was in a wheelchair. I was in a wheelchair at that time, and so was he. And he looked at me, he goes, it's real sick. You get to hit people with disabilities. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, sledge hockey, like many Paralympic sports, is physical, is full contact. and. And that was kind of my introduction. It was that wheelchair basketball volunteering, and someone told me, get in a sledge hockey. Well, Lord, you can hit people with disabilities. It's like, ah, uh, what? <laughs> now, talking about that injury, in 2006, you suffered an injury from, as you mentioned, a dirt bike, dirt bike jumping accident where you would become a paraplegic. But as you mentioned in your introduction, um, you wouldn't let that stop you or your passion for sport as you began your sledge hockey career in 2008. Um, I'm sure you get a lot, asked a lot of the same questions, like how did you feel after, what pushed you to keep up your passion, and we're going to talk about a little bit of that through your resilience um, segment, but I want to find out what was the biggest like motivation for you to kind of overcome um, the injury and kind of keep that push going and, and want to be that resilient uh, aspect in it? Yeah, so uh, touched on in the introduction, my, my, as a, so today I'm a keynote speaker, uh, among a workshop facilitator, mental resilience coach, and I run a team building program called the Sledge Hockey Experience. 
And in my keynote titled The Hero Mindset, I speak about becoming the hero in your own movie. And so uh, one example is when I was injured, what I knew is that I wanted to be, I wanted to be my own comeback story. Uh, the same way that we have, many of us have heroes in our life. Some may be in business, some may be um, in sport, some may just be within your household. Some, many people look up to their parents or um, brothers, sisters as heroes in their lives. And so when I was injured, I was 23 years old, um, crashed at uh, my second show ever on the first jump of the day. And when I was laying on the ground, uh, paralyzed, um, broke my back and my pelvis, my ribs. What I knew instantly in that moment is that I wanted to be just like my heroes. The, the athletes that I see on television who, when they crash or they break some bones, they get knocked down, they get back up. And they come back the next year and, and they not only get back on the bike, but they may even end up going back to win a medal. And so when I, <clears throat> when, like the moment I was laying on the ground, what I knew is that I didn't want this to be the ending to my story. And this was just the beginning of the next chapter. Awesome. And yeah, you know what, that's so humbling too, because you're right. There's so many different injuries that happen with, so many different players and, and a lot of players may just like, Hey, that's, that's it. I'm done playing sports or I'm done doing whatever I love because of this. And uh, it's all about, like you said, picking yourself back up and, and making, writing a new chapter in, in your life's book. Right. And talking about a book and, and your book called still standing, can you chat about what that book is, how it kind of came to be and, and the reasoning behind it? Yeah. So uh, again, kind of jumping around with a story, uh, paralyzed in a motocross accident, um, found sled hockey, played with Team Canada for five years. And when I was uh, finished playing with Team Canada, uh, it was just the next chapter of my life. I knew from all that I had experienced, I wanted to put it down on paper, um, mostly just for myself. Like, I, I don't have any children in my life. Like I have no, <laughs> no kids, but I want to have kids one day. And I thought about things like if I ever passed away before uh, they grew up to get to know who their father was, um, I'd like to be able to have my story down. And that was the first thing. Second thing, maybe some cathartic um, ex uh, experience about just getting stuff out. Um, third, you know, compliment my speaking, but also number four, like just to help people. Like I could only, I'd only go so far or <clears throat> I today, I still only go so far on stage or in, I guess I could say on podcasts, I definitely go as far as people want to, but on stage, I don't go into depth about some of the dark times. And so in the book, I, uh, right here, for those who might want to check it out, still standing, when you have every reason to give up, keep going. Um, I speak about all the nitty gritty about what it was like to, uh, not only like learn how to walk again, but, uh, overcome depression, speak about suicidal thoughts and experiences. Um, you know, making Team Canada and excelling in high-performance sport and how each of us can do that in our own lives. You know, because mental illnesses are so, and like, so important, especially with COVID right now, and you see a lot around depression and suicides, what was it like for you, um, if you don't mind speaking about it, um, just about like how you kind of overcame those feelings for, for with the injury and how it kind of relates to um, what's happening like on a daily basis now? Uh, so <clears throat> I'll share, yeah, I'll, sh I'll share with, um, everyone 
kind of like the three tips that are part of the hero mindset keynote at a high level. Um, there's three things. One is that we need to always accept responsibility for our life. Number two is to take things one step at a time. And number three is to never give up. And I know as cliche as those sound, those in my experience really are keys to helping us become that hero in our own movie. And so, so for example, when it comes to accepting responsibility is that, um, it may be, it's easy for us to feel like something shouldn't have happened. It's not our fault or that's not fair, just like COVID over the last year. But um, we may not be responsible for what's happened, but we're always responsible for what we do about it. And when we choose to accept responsibility, it gives us power. It lets us take control over the situation instead of feeling like a victim. And it's so easy when we have a setback to feel like a victim in our circumstance. So what I learned is that similar like when i fell down or when i was knocked down and on the ground is that if i accept responsibility for where i am today maybe i do end up as a paraplegic for the rest of my life um i have learned to walk again where i know on camera I'm not able to see that fully but i knew at that time if i was going to be a paraplegic the rest of my life that i just need to accept responsibility and then i'll make the best life i can living with my living life in a wheelchair and the second thing oh sorry go ahead, sorry, go ahead. The second thing is taking things one step at a time. So uh, learning how to walk, it was one toe at a time to get to one step at a time. And so any major goal in our life might seem impossible or out of reach, but we got to just break things down into small, simple steps and start there. And then the third key is to never give up because along the way, like around mental health, I felt there were days where I wanted to give up, call it quits and, and disappear. But I also knew that Similarly to when I crashed, that, that was just the beginning of the next chapter of our story, is that when I thought about ending things permanently, um, I didn't want that to be the last chapter of my story. So the lesson here is that um, when we apply the hero mindset, where we choose to become a hero in our own movie by accepting responsibility, taking things one step at a time, never giving up, is when we take control and we decide on how we write our script. What do we want? What do you want your story to be? Adopt the hero mindset and become a hero in your own movie. And that's such great and powerful words too, right? Because in today's world, you see so many people struggling over a variety of different challenges. And there's a lot of people that just like want to give up and don't or don't know how to continue on, right? And um, and like you said, it's all about writing that next chapter and kind of making your life um, more meaningful by not wanting to end it on a bad note. Just like in kind of sport where if guys are thinking of retiring, like th this is just kind of my relation to sport where if guys are thinking of retiring, but they lose, say, the first round of the playoffs, well, they don't want to go out on a bad note. They want to have a great year to kind of end off their career, right? So it it's kind of just that pushing forward of writing that next chapter and then succeeding in your life to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to retire. Like I'm good where I'm at. Right. And you never want to end it on a bad note. Well, well, especially when it comes to suicide, <laughs> yeah. like, like, uh, you know, sports, a great parallel and example, like, like you described, maybe getting knocked out of the first round of the playoffs isn't the way that you want to end your career. And maybe there might not be an opportunity to come back if you don't get invited back again. Um, 
but and then that gets into a conversation about I, um, recognizing that we are so much more than an athlete and that we need to find other ways to def like define ourselves or uh, find meaning in our life. Like through my transition out of sport, it was very difficult. I wasn't worried about like ending with a bronze medal um, per se, but it was trying to figure out who am I outside of Team Canada. That was a big challenge. And so writing the book was uh, helpful in that journey, a big part of the story. Um, I don't have any of the flyer info here, but like my team building program, the Sled Chalky Experience, um, is a business I created to help grow the sport and stay involved in the sport. Uh, and that's given me meaning post sport. So now it's like, I may not be on Team Canada, but I still get to be a prominent figure, um, help influence others, grow the sport and give back to the community and, and make a business out of it. And that's great. It's all about building that legacy piece too, right? And, and having something that you can leave behind saying, hey, I, I did this and I'm helping others, right? Yeah. Finding, um, there's a, I think like a book's like right beside me here. Yeah. So <laughs> this book here, have you ever heard of it before? No. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl? No. So, um, oh, I was already going to, I'm hoping to lose my train of thought on the key point there. So this book is about um, Victor when he was in um, Auschwitz, which is one of the concentration camps by the Nazis in like the 1930s. And um, when he was um, in the concentration camp, there were so many people that lost hope, who had given up on life. And one of the, the biggest lessons in this book and one of the biggest lessons that I learned transitioning through sport is that if we can um, put, if we can put our meaning, our purpose into helping others, it will help give us hope to get through those difficult times. And so when things um, slow down, let's say, or sport disappears, it can be easy to feel like we have no, um meaning or purpose because we're not doing that thing that fills us up and and what i found through my transition through sport is that by putting um effort into helping others finding meaning outside of ourselves gave me hope and inspiration to wake up every day because when we see others light up it lights us up and it's not dependent upon how we feel if we just take action to serve others and then it just it's it's like a what's the word like reciprocating effect and so this book i found i read this at the start of the pandemic because i heard about it for years and uh it's a a great example about how even when things are the bleakest we can find uh meaning and purpose if we think about how we can serve others and i'll have to take a look at that book because definitely i agree with you and and it's interesting because like with me, with, I, with Special Olympics, like I was the quiet kid in high school and, and everything and kind of like to a, not to a direct idea where I was depressed or I, I had those feelings, but I had the feeling of like, what am I going to do to kind of make a lasting impression on others, right? And, and your point about what you do to others to make them feel happy kind of helps um, reciprocate that feeling back to you and, and you feel that fulfillment right so now here we are like I was in high school like 2006 
And so here we are, what, 15 years later, and I'm now working for the organization, running leadership workshops for other athletes to help motivate them to be the best that they can be, right? And it's all about that fulfillment level and wanting to help others feel the best that they can be at the end of the day, right? And like mental illnesses and, and, um, and like depression is part of what we talk about with one of the courses where it's like if you see a teammate that's always go happy go and lucky in that and is very cheerful at practice and one day they're like very depressed and they look like they're upset in the corner, the biggest thing is just reaching an arm out and just saying like, hey, are you good? And if they say like, hey, I don't want to talk or leave me alone, it's like, okay, just know that I'm here for you and that can make this world of difference to that individual, right? Because even though you're, all you can do is like say, hey, I'm here or I'll be across the court if you want to talk to me, they might say, okay, like they'll think about that. And then like 10 minutes later, they might come and talk to you and, and feel better about it too. Right. Absolutely. It's that's a hundred percent accurate. So yeah, it's, it's amazing work that you do and, and kudos to you and anyone that hasn't got your book, go out and get it because it's uh, it's awesome. And, and I can't wait to read it myself as well. Now, Talking, like transitioning into your sport, into your Olympic side of things, um, you won a gold in 2013 as well as a silver in 2015 at the World Championships. What was it like for you to compete in such massive games um, and represent your country? You know, definitely a cool experience. Uh, things I think about are how it was a special it was a special experience knowing that you're on the world stage, having uh, like the entire country supporting you, receiving all of the messages, like whether it's just well wishes or, you know, seeing kids at school who are doing pro like class projects on you or on the team, which is helping spread awareness about um, the sport and the Paralympic Games. So like those are extremely um, memorable moments. Uh, I know representing Canada was fantastic for sure. And uh, also just extreme pride, um, knowing that personally for me, like knowing that I was able to reach one of the highest levels in sport um, globally and being one of the, um, not just the best athlete that you can be personally, but uh, um, in, a, in the country, you know, those are things that uh, I'm extremely proud of and, and also just grateful for the fact that through my sporting career through the Paralympics, through Team Canada, it's really given me a platform that I wouldn't have otherwise had so that I can share my story, that I can inspire others and hopefully um, reach someone sooner so that they, for example, don't have to wait two years like I did to discover that Paralympic sport exists out there. Because when we experience a life altering event, whether you're growing up with a disability or something just happens suddenly, when we discover that Paralympic sport is out there, it helps you create connection, helps you build community. Um, it uh, improves your well-being. There's so many benefits getting involved with sport, especially having some form of disability that uh, if I can help someone make that uh, shift in their life, get involved much sooner, then uh, that's something that I'm forever grateful for being a part of uh, the Paralympic Games. I know with that's in, it's funny because we're so, we're so much alike because with me, like I used to live in Toronto when I grew up and then I moved out to Durham region when I was uh, 12 
And like, I had no idea what the Special Olympics were. I had no kind of relation to it. And then in high school, a buddy of mine said like, hey, I know you have a passion for baseball. Do you want to come out and play? Again, not knowing that it's the Special Olympics. I was like, yeah, sure. So I go out and play and find out about the organization, find out about the movement. And you're right. If I had known about the Special Olympics, like even when I was in Toronto growing up through elementary school, it would have made that much more of an impact and a difference on, on my life, on my social aspect of life and things like that, right? Um, because, yeah, you like I have had family members, I've had friends that have looked at me when I was younger and said, oh, he'll never amount to anything. Like, he'll, he'll do his thing, but like nothing will happen. Like you would never see this podcast. You would never see me working for the organization or anything like that. Right. And so it's incredible to just see how much we're kind of alike in some ways where it's, you you try and find out about these organizations and these movements so much sooner to kind of help you further your career earlier too. Right. Yeah. Thankfully, like, you know, in the last, four or five years with the internet, it's uh, rapid, finally rapidly accelerating the growth and the awareness of these sports. Like, you know, in 2018 was the first time that the uh, winter, I remember, uh, I don't know if the summer games were, but the winter Paralympic games were broadcast on Facebook live and the world championships just happened in Czech Republic. Every game was live on, on Facebook. And that in itself, like previously we had to wait, you know, see if we could catch a highlight clip sometime like four or eight, five days later, and you watch a replay once. Like the fact that um, now through, you know, podcasts like the one that we're on here, people now have more opportunities to hear stories, to learn about what it takes to get involved, to identify with other people who have similar stories that, again, that alone can inspire others to take the leap sooner or take just the first step they may not otherwise have ever. Um, so it's great. We're, we're, uh, in, uh, I think going to be in the next few years in an exceptional growth of Parasport and the special Olympics. And, uh, it's, it's what we need. Um, we need more connection. We need more people involved and, uh, it's going to benefit everyone. 100%. Now, I want to talk a little bit about, like, I know we've chatted about your, your work as a mental resilience coach, but what is it like for you to continuously share your story and your experiences and kind of build on everyone's, like, platform and, and story and learn from each other and add to kind of tips and tricks to your own portfolio um, and just kind of be that voice for, for the next generation? Uh you know, I try to not take it for granted. That's for sure. Every time, uh, there's rarely a time where I don't take the opportunity to share my story um, because you never know who's listening. So I try to do as much as I can to get it out there. There was a period of time in my life where I didn't want to share, particularly after the Olympics and just going through like post-Olympic depression. I just didn't want to be on stage. Um, but I know that my story can help change someone's life just the way as someone else's story has changed mine. So that's super important. Uh, additionally, when it comes to like coaching or delivering corporate presentations and workshops, uh, I just really, I just, it's the whole lemons to lemonade story. It's like, I like to look at my life and say, you know, all this stuff happened, but I've, I've taken it, I've learned from it. And then now sharing with others and, I don't remember, I should actually, but I don't know the full hero's journey story, but it's basically the hero starts out 
goes on their path. And at some point they have a crux where they have to decide, are they going to return back to what they know and what's comfortable? Or are they going to venture into the unknown? And when they venture into the unknown, this is where they have to go through like the valley of death and like discover so many deep challenges about themselves and learn some difficult lessons where they want to quit and they want to give up. But they reach a point, I believe it's called like the elixir. And it's like where everything comes full circle and they realize that the journey they have been through and been on is entirely worth it. And they've now come through that much stronger and wiser. And then when they're at this point, the next point then is to actually return to where they started and then take back all those lessons and teach others what they learned in their journey. And, and so I think I did actually explain that fairly well, <laughs> but that's the hero's journey. Like, and we can live that multiple, multiple times in our life, like from paralyzed learning to walk to team Canada, to coming back to starting a business and helping others to speaking on stage. Like these are all different heroes journeys. And so back to that metaphor about um, every day we can begin a new chapter. It's like wherever you are in your life right now, you can decide that, you know what, this old story is done. And today I'm going to start a brand new journey and I'm going to take off and I'm going to be super hyped for a new journey. And I'm going to face, I know I'm going to face a wall and I can either go back to where I'm comfortable or I can keep going. And then that's where the growth happens. This is where your resilience is developed in the gauntlet, in the garbage, and then you're going to come out better and then you can go do it all over again. Yeah. It's an ongoing cycle all throughout your life for sure. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, or like who's been one of your biggest motivators in your life through your journey in sport and like being a, a resilience coach and being a motivational speaker, who's been like the side-by-side -side person for you? Uh, just like what we just talked about it my role models mentors and such have changed constantly throughout my life uh you know when i was a kid it was motocross athletes travis pastrana mike metzger uh seth enslow brian deegan um and any any extreme sports tony hawk matt hoffman uh but then when i got injured for example um this guy w mitchell he was uh, paralyzed in a motorcycle accident and a burn victim and became a speaker and a mayor of crested butte colorado and he became somebody I looked up to with a spinal cord injury. And then in, in recent years, well, then it became Team Canada athletes like um, Greg Westlake, Brad Bowden, uh, Team Canada players. And then it happened in business. It's like today in my life, there's a guy named Dan Martell. He's a Canadian entrepreneur for SaaS businesses, for uh, software as a service. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, they're, they're, it's just evolved over time. So one of the lessons in my program I teach, the Resilience Toolbox, the first lesson is called titled Locate Your Hero for that purpose, is to identify someone that you can look up to that does inspire you to help pull you up out of bed and help you see what's possible for you. And so like I said, whether it's motocross, getting back on the bike is possible, or spinal cord injury, live, living life with disability is possible, to Team Canada, elite athletes possible, to business, that's possible. It's like, just identify where are you at and who is somebody in that area and that space that can help you believe that what's possible for them is also possible for you. And that's great. And that leads into my last question in a segment I like to call words of wisdom. What would your words of wisdom or advice be for the next generation of athlete, whether they're in an injury have a disability or just kind of want to get in naming to sport, what would your advice be for them? Uh, if you're just 
getting started looking to get in, into sport is to try everything. Uh, like for me, because I played hockey as a kid and I didn't play basketball, I knew that I could pick up sledge hockey way faster. I didn't even know the rules of basketball and I still don't. Um, so it was like, it was fun tasting it. But then when I discovered sledge was available, I'm like, I'm going to go do that. But there's so many different Paralympic sports. Um, there's uh, wheelchair rugby. There's sitting volleyball. There's uh, blind skiing. Um, there's cross-country skiing. There's downhill skiing. There's slalom skiing. Like there's um, so many different Paralympic sports out there that uh, just try as much as you can until you find a sport you like and even a, just a community you like because the communities are different in some ways depending on ability level or the intensity of the sport. And there's also women's uh, divisions out there as well. Like Team Canada Women's um, now exists. And uh, it's not that you necessarily, if you are a woman, have to just play with men. Um, there's a lot of different leagues where uh, we, where they're supported. So, yeah, just try everything until you find something you like. And, and uh, don't stop. Don't give up because there's people um, out there just like you. And it's so true too. And you're mentioning the community. There's so many people that will support you in the community and want to see you succeed as well. So it's always about keep looking and, and finding the best fit for sure. And from an organizational perspective, even the work that you do too with the Special Olympics, like there are several organizations out there. Um, it does require sometimes making a couple calls to connect the dots with the right person. But between um, the Paralympics, the Special Olympics, um, you know, the Canadian Paralympic Committee, um, Parasport Ontario, you, you, I'm sure can recommend, uh, different avenues in the Special Olympics world. Like there's resources and people out there willing to help. If you're just willing to raise your hand and say, I need some help. For sure. Definitely. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on, taking the time to be on the show talking about your journey and your story through sport. And, um, for anyone listening again, uh, Kevin, where can they find your book um, and where can they get it? Yeah, uh, Amazon's the best place to go. Uh, still standing when you have a reason to give up, keep going. Um, if you do go to my website, kevinremple.com, you can download a free e-copy, a PDF, um, but the hard copy is on Amazon. And uh, Kevin Remple on Instagram, social media. If you just Google my name, lots of stuff comes up. So Google is maybe the best place to go, but Kevin Remple and we're rocking and rolling. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to seeing what's next for you. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me on.